what's up? This is Legendary Tales Part 2. We realized that Part 1 went on for like a solid 50 minutes, so we have decided to split it. Probably. Maybe. You or might. else this is just played on from one and you are... And you'll never hear this. You'll never hear this. Or you might hear it because I might leave it in. Oh, my God. Ah, well, it's such a mystery. <laughs> okay. So, Adam, I still don't know what your topic is this week. Do you know? Have you and decided I, <laughs> yet? <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I will never know. No, so what... What uh, is my topic? What is this podcast? <laughs> um... Shoot, I wish I had written down... because The name of the podcast is called The <laughs> oh, Legendary no. Tales. Is this The Swingdom? Is this History Through a House? The Legendary Tales pod on Instagram. Yeah, go follow us. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because I think... When was, what was the last episode we recorded? Uh, the La Ciguapa and the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the end of that episode, we were like, yeah, we're on it. We're going to batch record these. <laughs> And I said I was going to do divination. You had, like, a whole list of stuff. And you said you were going to do oracles, mm-hmm. um, which I'm glad you didn't because there probably would have been too much crossover okay. for, for that episode because I go a lot into the the classical Greek oracles okay. and mine. Um, yeah, and then I said I was going to do, like, Alexander of Albatrike, I think, and mm-hmm. he was a, a proclaimed false. I think, like, Cicero mm-hmm. was like, this guy's a, a phony. Like, don't believe a word he says, which would have been a good tie-in, I think, with Rasputin. Rasputin. But, like I said, that means we would have done divination and oracles in the same episode, and we probably would have just ended up having, like, a 45 a conversation. about oracles, which, I don't know, that might be fun. Maybe we yeah. should do the same topic one week and just talk about what we found Maybe. out. That might be an interesting sort of thing. Maybe. Um, but, no, so I'm doing divination this week instead of, okay. instead of Alexander, the whatever his name was. Apologies to everyone who got really, in, who got really excited <laughs> for the divination oracles episode, but Ben and I got super into planning our trip, and, like, I was just, like, crippled with anxiety for a week and was unable to do anything other than barely sit through a special episode. Here's a fun Instagram thing. <laughs> Those that have experienced freezing, crippling anxiety, <laughs> let us know, because I think we've all been there. Yeah, um... Where you just like, nope. It's easier to do nothing and not get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, then do something and get, and it, get wrong. it wrong. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for your patience again. Um, and hopefully we get a little bit more regular. Blame Adam. It is entirely my fault. If you if you want to throw shade, <laughs> my name is the one you should be throwing shade at. No, don't throw shade. We've all been there. We've right. all cried in our bedroom alone. <laughs> Screaming silently at God. <laughs> Into the pillow <laughs> while clutching our border collie. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, we all own border collies. Don't, don't we? If you don't, you should. Yep. All right. So divination. Uh, this was interesting because as I was doing my research, I was like, originally I was like, Christ, this is so boring. Like, how am I going to do an episode on divination? Like, divination's not interesting. Really? Like, Isn't no- it like seeing the future? Sort of. So, so I'm gonna. That's interesting. I'm gonna talk about my quotes quickly because I sort of took it a different route. Okay. So my sources, and they they were super heady this week. <laughs> I read a cognitive history of divination in ancient Greece, which was a <laughs> Peter T. Strzok's um, dissertation. Okay. Uh, and I also read divination and its social contexts by George K. Park, and I read some of the Cambridge Encyclopedia of Anthropology's article about divination well that makes my all that's interesting website look divination uh, totally provincial divination has had a much larger impact on ancient societies than not ancient classical societies than i originally thought 
because obviously I said divination, and the first thing I thought of was Professor Trelawney and her massive glasses. And, yeah, the tea leaves, that's, yeah. yeah. And the Harry Potter, and yeah. it's like... I see the Grim. <laughs> yeah, I see a large black dog. Yeah, yeah okay. so I was like, yeah, that divination, like, this will be fun and interesting. Um, but immediately, as soon as I started doing research, I realized that divination, in the root of its word, has a closer connection to the divine mm-hmm. than magic. They have the same Latin root, divinare, uh, which literally means to be inspired by God. Already you have researched me. You used Latin. <laughs> I've ha, done it. I've won, two weeks. I've won the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so divination in and of itself is more related to religion than it is to magic. Okay. Even down to the the root of its of its of the, of the word. Okay. It's mentioned in the Bible a couple of times. Um, I think the burning bush is even technically like a, an example of of divination. Um, the burning bush, if I believe it was Abraham, maybe I don't even know the story, but Moses? there is a, someone goes and talks to a burning bush. I think it's something to do with the Ten Commandments and Moses. It could have been. Maybe that wasn't the divination then. And I should have written down the Bible passages, <laughs> but guess what? I didn't do that because I've already won the podcast. I don't have to quote the Bible nope. in this episode. Nope. So when you sort of boil it down to its essence, though, it is like a fancy way of saying to like prophesy, to, to prophesize, to see the future and stuff like that. And it has to do with spiritual, su- not spiritual, supernatural connection. Okay. Supernatural also does apply to the, like to God. God is technically a spiritual, like a supernatural entity. Yeah, absolutely. The Abrahamic God, Allah, whatever, is su- a supernatural entity. And they do this through reading signs, reading events, reading omens. Um, you know, like you see, a, you see a, a crows, and in Norse mythology, that's like a no, that's a that's a no, no. Like something bad's like going to happen to you. Yes, yeah, like magpies and the the thing that you say here. Okay, so there's a British thing, and it is a British thing, so I never heard it the whole time I was in the States. Yeah. Um, and there's a little rhyme, depending on how many magpies you see. In yeah. Magpies are black and white birds. We don't have magpies in the States. No. Magpies are like black and white crows. Yeah. Uh, depending on how many magpies you see in a field, for instance. Mm-hmm. And the rhyme is one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a story that's never been told. Yeah, and you say that, and then... But if you see one, it's bad luck. So you oh, that's like that's okay. So it doesn't like counteract it or no, or bring that's it. Just the rhyme. It's just if you see them. If you see okay. them. If you see them in that number. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Um. And obviously, the divination can occur through some sort of ritual, whether it's animal sacrifice or reading tea leaves or okay. reading bones. Um. You know, like throwing yeah. bones. Um. You know, there's all, there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's just it comes in all sorts of forms depending on what culture you look okay. at. Okay. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is to look at it from a sort of sociological perspective. Um, and an article I pulled from the Cognitive History of Divination, Peter Strzok says that divination was a way to maintain social order through the ultimate authority. Okay. Oracles, when they divine, their, their visions are brought by a god or mm-hmm. god. So when they say something or see something... It is God speaking through that person. I remember, say something, see something. Say something, see something. <laughs> see something, say something. See something, say something. Okay. Uh, George Park uh, also said in his his paper, this is a long one. It's a bit wordy, but okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna force my my way through it. I'm gonna listen to it. Developed systems of divination should not be regarded as mere excrescences upon the body politic doing none of its work, but that the diviner, with all of its his peculiar characteristics. <laughs> 
I'm going to start over <laughs> quickly. So many words. It's so many words. Developed systems of divination should not be regarded as mere excrescences upon the body politic, <laughs> doing none of its work, but that the diviner, with all his peculiar characteristic paraphernalia, does in a controlled way intervene in and affect the social process with rather definite and so- socially useful results. Whew. Now breathe. Whew, that was a lot of words. This is why you have to practice that breathing thing. I know. Oh, the, the Wim Hof breathing method? Yeah. I was going to bring that up with Rasputin in the, in the in the cold river, that he must have just mastered the Wim Hof breathing method, and that's why he continued to survive gunshot wounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And drowning in a frozen lake. Oh, yeah. Okay. To- totally makes cool. sense. Totally makes sense. <laughs> Wim now, Hof is Rasputin. <laughs> we've now, ex- yes. <laughs> For those that don't know, we may do an episode on that. Oh, yeah, we should, on the Iceman? Yeah. He's very interesting. Right, so back to the that quote. Um, obviously, that it, it, oracles had a, had a large impact on what, on what emperors did. Yeah. Um, in a lot of your Greek tragedies, the emperor would go to an oracle, say, hey, what should I do here? And the oracle would give them advice from one mm-hmm. or another god. It's, it's just a way for a society to say, these are our morals. Yep. Now follow them, or something bad will happen yeah. to you. And I'll okay. go into some specific examples okay. in a second. Um, yeah, you will. Yes, I will. I will do that. <laughs> it, you, it's also like a way for you to connect directly to a to a god. If that's if that's the, the culture that you're living in, so you go to an oracle. You can say my crops are bad. In a very basic example, and they'll go, "Well, you need you have you have made Poseidon angry, and now you need to sacrifice a goat or." Do a dance around a fire or something. Poseidon, so not all... Poseidon, not historically the god of, of farming, <laughs> farming of agriculture. That's just an example, okay? But um, so they, you went to them. They didn't do what I would consider divination of like reading tea leaves and then tell you. It's more just they were the conduit. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. I think the tea leaves is more of a modern thing. Okay. And like I said earlier, um, and I'm about to go to go into. Um, there is a big difference between diviners and magicians, especially in the classical periods. Okay. And when I say classical, you know this because you're a historian. But it's the Greek, it's, gr- it's the Greeks and the Ro- it's Greek and Roman <laughs> times. Yes. That's the classical period. They were they were like technical experts. So you you know you hire an electrician when you need a like mm-hmm. a junction box put in. If you needed a divine problem solved, you'd call a diviner. They were seen as sort of tradesmen, masters of of talking to like. Two people through, like God's. Yeah, talk- well, magicians were almost doctors. They were they? charlatans, actually. Oh, that's at- a that's fighting talk. So the so the in the classical period, the, being a diviner was a special position, while being a magician sort of had a negative connotation. Okay. They were sort of akin to snake oil salesmen. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a magician would sort of, in a very roundabout way, tell you all of these ways that you can fix your life while actually providing no useful information. Whereas the Oracle's uh, information of uh, sacrificing goat to Poseidon was... This is where we go back. This is, this is where we go back to the, the quote about remembering what rationality yeah. was in the time period when these things were happening. Uh, the Greeks and the Romans, obviously very heavily influenced by their gods, yeah. um, did very much like the Russians in the 1900s, <laughs> believed... <laughs> Believed that shamans and oracles were real things. Yes. Um, I will say, will say that a lot of this stuff was happening in the 500s <laughs> BC. So a bit of a time difference, but it is important to remember. That's all right. That By this point, 
by the 1700s in Europe, we drowned all the witches. So we were fine. <laughs> it is important to remember that there is some heavy contextual difference between the 21st century and 560 BCE. Yes, because from the 21st century, actually, the snake oils were probably more useful than the <laughs> yeah than the than the witches or the, the, or the oracles. To- yeah. Um, Magicians were also seen as malicious. So when a magician made an enemy, they were seen as like almost an enemy of the state. Where when a diviner made a, a made an enemy, it was more seen as again a tradesman who sort of has irked you. Okay. So like when a plumber doesn't install your you know your U bend correctly, that was equivalent to a diviner giving you bad advice. Not, okay. b- not bad advice, just like yeah. the the quote unquote wrong advice, even though it would again technically never be the wrong advice because it would come directly from a divine yeah. source. Okay. There is a uh, there's a, a body of work called the Greek Magical Papyri. It was just a a list of a, a bunch of spells apparently. Okay. Um, and this was sort of why magicians were seen as being charlatans. It's because this work offered spells for improving your sporting prow- prowess. Uh, Pottery, very important spell to have. <laughs> Medicine, and basically it was anything that a normal person would ask for help with. They they wrote, this piece was written, and said, this is how you make your life better. And so, Oh, this is where using your unicorn horns and your basilisk venom. And carrying it around in a bag. Yeah, yes, this, Gris-Gris is, this Gris-Gris is some bags, very okay. Pliny, the, Pliny the Elder stuff. Pliny the Elder. Your Grigri bags. Yeah, yeah. voodoo. Okay. Uh, the witches, the hex yep. bags and stuff, yep. stuff like that. It's all coming full circle. Oh, this is what this is why we started the podcast was so we could talk about supernatural in every episode. Did it? Did it? Is it just me, or did we just come full circle and we're done with all? This is it. The podcast is over. This is the last episode. We're finished. We're finished. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) Uh, Don't expect another episode ever again. (laughs) Oh, please do, because if you give him this out, I'll never get another ounce of research (laughs) out about him again. (laughs) So now I'm going to talk a bit about some important impacts that diviners have had on specifically the classical. I didn't expect to focus as much on Greek and Roman legend as I did, um, but that's just sort of where the largest amount of research is done. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Greece. Followed your heart, where your heart took you. To Greece. To Croesus. Do you know who Croesus is? Yeah. He was the king of Lydia. Yeah, I actually think I knew that. Which is now modern-day Turkey, I believe. Wasn't he, like, super wealthy? Yeah, he was very rich. And that's why he went to see an oracle. Thank you for spoiling it. Sorry. We'll get there. Uh, Wait, he went to see an oracle because he was very rich? Yes, yes, I'll let you know why in a second. Um, And he was defeated by Cyrus the Great in 547 BCE, the Persian Persian king. He had a Herculean dynasty because he was on the throne in Lydia. You know, you have to have that sort of very epic background and... He, Her, uh, Hercules in one of the the mythos says that he was put onto a fire to burn and didn't burn. That is important later in in Croesus' life. Okay. He also ingrated, inherited, like you said, a great amount of wealth from his father, and so he also has now this Midas, King Midas, sort of. So like yeah. like kings in in most ancient tales has that divine right to rule. Yeah. Basically, is is what this boils down okay. to. And so he went load of money to do. Yes, and so he was. He went to a sage. His name was S O L O N Solon. I'm assuming that's okay. how it's pronounced. And Croesus says, "Who's the happiest man in the world? I'm very wealthy. I must be the happiest man in the world." And Solon tells him that there are actually three men who are more happy or happier than him, and that wealth does not inherently make men happy. Okay. The three men who are happier than Croesus are yep. Tellus, who died fighting for his country. 
Yep. And Clovis and Beton, who died in their sleep after their mother prayed for their ultimate happiness because they drew her to a market in an, in an ox cart. Neither so, of these. So, so this, okay. so there is this idea in in Greek mythology mm-hmm. that happiness cannot be determined until after you die, until uh, you are, okay. until the actions of your life can be weighed against your entire life. Well, ha- Christus is doing all right to be full. Yes. So, so he's 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 very rich and happy, and he's he's married and he's got a son, and so he says, "Well, that like that doesn't really make any sense. I should be the happiest person alive because I have so much money." However. Shortly after seeing the sage, his son is killed in battle, and his wife kills herself. Um, well, that just suddenly took a which sort of time. which sort of any happiness that he had from being wealthy is immediately taken away because he's 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 rich, but he has he doesn't have love. He doesn't yeah, have, have his he, kid. He doesn't have his country. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like mm-hmm. this. It's the idea that family is very important yeah. to the Greeks. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I believe the Romans as well. That and potentially to people now. Yes, in the modern era, <laughs> but like, but like, it's it's a theme in Greek stories, isn't okay. it? Like the like patricide is like the greatest sin that you can commit in a Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and so that's that's sort of okay. That's just sort of this is a diviner who, in a yeah. story, is la- is laying out the importance of of. So, did all those bad things happen to him because he went to see the diviner? No, I think it's 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 more that the moral of the story is that money is fickle, money is like a temporary happiness, um, and that your ultimate happiness comes from your family. But it doesn't sound like Croesus didn't, didn't believe deser- that. Like he believed that his. It just seems sad. It is, and it's it. it I, 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 you know, poor guy. Yes, it's. It is sad. <laughs> it's it is again. It's just like I said. The oracles lay out yeah. the rules and okay. the morals of Greek culture, and it's not that he broke any of these yeah. morals. It's just that he needed to be taught maybe that happiness doesn't come from being rich. Which the oracles historically I'm not, not right. very kind okay. or 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 you know because they are just. It just seems mean. It is mean. It is very mean. I, I absolutely agree with you. Well. Uh, screw the or <laughs> screw fate, because that's the thing too. Is, is, is the Greeks talk a lot about fate? fate. Yeah. it's like your yeah. fate, your fate. Your that's like that's the lesson I learned from her, the Disney movie Hercules. Disney heavy episode this week. Hercules, 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 um, Hercules. And that your fate is permanent. It's determined and permanent, and you can't okay. do anything to change it. Which comes up a bit later with. I'm going to talk about Oedipus in a second. Okay. But, you know, it, they they laid out the rules. You don't follow the rules, or you need to be taught a lesson. That's sad. He had another instance. Um, I don't know if this was before or after his. he lost his family, but he went to the Oracle of Delphi. Uh, Pythia, I believe, was it was the, the group of oracles. Okay. At the Temple of Apollo in somewhere in, in that part of the world. Uh, this is a very important group of oracles. They're mentioned by several philosophers, um, Aristotle, Diogenes, Plato. Okay. I'll mention them. And then Shakespeare mentions them. I believe that... There are the oracles in Hamlet, maybe. So they're very like yeah, col- yeah, they're, they're yeah, relevant right. a lot. The, the three wed sisters. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And he went to them, and they said this. They said, "Bubble, bubble, toilet, okay. bubble, fire, burning cauldron." I thought bubble. maybe you were gonna start singing the song from the third Harry Potter movie, the one where they have the singing frogs. Oh yeah, I like 
like yeah. that one. It's sort of that. It's um, bubble, yeah, it bubble, toiling, travel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do that. <laughs> okay. Unless you guys want a bonus episode where we sing a song for three minutes. No. We won't be doing that. So he went to see them, and they said this. And often, what's interesting is it's sort of like they they seek them out for this knowledge. And sometimes the knowledge is just, like, meant to be, like, a red herring almost. So he sent some people out and said, go find me the, the, the smartest oracles you can find. I kind of hope this didn't happen after his wife and kid died because it seems like he would have just been like, eh. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with oracles go anymore. Send, go find them for me. Uh, and his messenger came back from, from Delphi and, and gave him this message. I know the sand's number and the measures of the sea. I understand the mute and hear him, though he does not speak. The smell has come to my senses of a hard-shell tortoise being cooked in bronze together with lamb's meat. There is bronze beneath it, and with bronze it has been covered. I don't know. That's That seems like just like a bunch of words that <laughs> a crazy person put together. Was that the entirety of the message? And so he's... He, his um, messenger brings this back to him, and he goes, "This is obviously the smartest oracle. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have to figure this out one? what this means." Yeah. yeah. So he performs a bunch of sacrifices. Mm-hmm. He he acts out the. Okay, I've said this before on this podcast, right? I hate cryptic stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The oracles it's, are famously cryptic. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people give riddles and cryptic mm. clues. So you don't. So you'd murder every sphinx you ever saw. Like I. I, it's just so unhealthy. See, I really like it. I don't like when things are so open-ended that you don't get an answer. That sort of bothers me. I sort of like... I don't want to have to work out the answer. I like, the, I like the journey through to the answer, um, but this is uh, this is just like nonsense to me okay. because I don't even think that this is resolved in, in any way. Okay. He follows the passage like instructions. He gets a tortoise. He cooks it in some lamb's, lamb's meat with a bronze pot and a bronze lid and doesn't do anything, seemingly. Sacrifices thousands of animals. Because one wasn't enough. And he did all of this, and then this oracle became his primary counsel for his war against Persia. For some reason. Because he really liked it. He thought that... I don't know if the tortoise is meant to be, like, a symbol of Persia, or if the lamb is meant to be a symbol of Persia. I don't don't know. And then the bronze... I I don't know if the bronze is meant to symbolize something. I didn't get a clear explanation into that. Well, thanks for telling me about it. Yeah. Um, but so he goes to this oracle again and he asks what will happen? How will this battle turn out yeah. for me? And they say this battle will in this battle you will destroy a great empire. Oh, uh, I got it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Dora uh, g- d- Dora uh, gave me a nod and the like, uh, oh, good first uh Croesus and then was like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got this. Okay. And so another important thing about Hey, cryptic the, Why? Why would the, you say? The important thing to the Greeks as well as insight is being okay. able to understand that even though an oracle has said this, you have to sort of be able to read between the lines and maybe Croesus should have backed like off. Like I just did? Yes, you did. I'm smarter Very than smart, very smart. <laughs> By the way, for those that didn't read between the lines at home. He's going to lose. He's going to lose. <laughs> he's, it's his own great empire that's he, going away. And this, the oracle also says that you need to find the most powerful Greek state and become allies with them. So he goes to Sparta and he allies with Sparta. Okay. And so they're battling and it's very much like, it's very much a campaign. We talked about this on the other podcast that at, at that time people would take the summer off. Yeah. For battling. Summer holidays will go to battle. Because you'd have to go do tend to your crops, yep. make sure everyone was all right back home. In spring and autumn, so in the summer when it was all growing. Blah, blah, blah. But in, in this case, the Greeks took the summer off 
He took the summer off for some reason. Maybe because they were in this. Maybe in Greece, the growing season's different. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So he takes the summer off, uh, but Cyrus doesn't. The oh. Persian, the Persian emperor, does not take the summer off, and he ends up capturing Croesus. And so from there, and then obviously the moral being, you didn't have enough insight to know that your own empire would be the one that was destroyed by your actions. You see, I hate cryptonists. You go to an oracle, and they're there to help you, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the general. They're there guidance. to deliver a message. Okay, so why can't the message be? Don't do that. Don't take the summer off. You're gonna lose your country. because the Greek tragedies wouldn't be nearly as fun to listen to or read if that were the case. I guess you are playing it fast and loose with the word fun. There. <laughs> so Croesus is in Persia, and mm-hmm. Cyrus is going to burn him at the stake. And this is where the legend sort of now we're getting fun. Now this is where the legend, again, like with Rasputin, yeah. it, we have two different okay. tellings. The first is that he was stolen away by Apollo because he went to the the, the temple of Apollo to pray to his uh, oracles. Okay. Apollo came and saved him. Okay. The other story is that he's at the stake and he starts screaming out the oracle's name, Salon. Okay. He says Salon, 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 over and over. Wait, the oracle that didn't, but didn't tell him his wife and children. Were no, Salon. Yes, yeah, the okay, one who not dealt. Yes, and Cyrus pities him because he realizes that they are the same man. That they basically, I believe Cyrus had also lost oh, his family in a way, oh, and so he pities okay. him. History actually suggests that he burned him at the stake, burned him, burned him dead. Oh. And that both of those legends are exactly what they are. That they're okay. legends. Because Croesus did exist in a very sort of specific time. Did exist in a very specific time period, but because of his legendary status. The aforementioned Greek, Border Collie has learned that our window, if he stands there, he can look <laughs> down into us. Um, that Croesus is sort of, uh, he's he's expanded beyond temporal stories. So he, okay. he shows up in a lot of other stories. But it in the 500 BCE, he was burned at the stake because okay. he had because he lost. Okay. Another important historical figure that dealt with the oracle and story at least was Oedipus Rex. Oh, uh, I know loads about Oedipus. So you know, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you've at least heard of an Oedipus complex. Yeah. There's a specific reason it's called that. All right. So he goes to an oracle. He goes to an oracle one day. He f- he realizes that his mother and his father are not his mother and his father. That he was adopted and he's been sort of led, quote unquote, led astray for his whole life. If this were me, I probably would have just been like, oh, like that kind of. Thank you for telling me what you had told me earlier, but I'm just gonna stay here with you. Right? Yeah, yeah. It gets instead, weird. instead he goes to an oracle. Yeah. And he says, "Who are my mother?" He, I can't remember what he asked specifically, but something along the lines of like, "Are they my real mother and yeah. father?" And the oracle doesn't answer his question mm-hmm. because it's an oracle. Yeah, yeah. And instead says something off, like, doesn't even direct it to him. Says it, like, as he's leaving. Okay. He says, you will mate with your own mother and shed with your own hands the blood of your sire. And he goes, oh, God, well, I guess I'm going to leave then. And he runs off. Which, to be fair, might be my reaction to that knowledge, too. So I he, mean. Yeah. So he leaves, um, and he's, he's, he's traveling down the road in a cart. And he comes upon a cart that isn't going to give him right of way. Okay. And as a very, that'd be useful. Uh, so Oedipus is finds a, a cart it won't give him right of way, yeah. and as a very temperamentally balanced person, murders the man who's driving the other <laughs> cart. Just, okay. Just kills him. Kills him dead. He continues his journey, and he comes across the Sphinx, and he manages to answer the Sphinx's riddle. And yeah. for ans- answering the the Sphinx's riddle, he's granted the hand of the queen. Jocasta. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're all on board here. Sure. 
Like he was a prince, is now married to the Queen of Thebes. I believe is, how, is that how that's pronounced? T H E B Thebes. Thebes. Yeah. He's um, a, so he is okay. now the, he is now the king of Thebes. Having killed an old man and old marrying man. A, a dowager queen, basically. Okay. So he becomes the king of Thebes, and Thebes is all of a sudden ravaged by the by a plague, a plague that is besought upon his kingdom because hey, turns out the man he murdered was his dad. Okay. And patricide, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. big no no to the Greeks. Wait, why was the king of Thebes driving in an old car? So he. I didn't know this. So the, so. For okay, why was he doing it? Um, the reason I know the story is weirdly. Growing up, my mother had a cat called Oedipus. Yeah, and or Oedipus. Yeah, um, and so consequently, you used to tell me the story as so I believe, which is a weird children's so bedtime I, story. I believe he had been exiled for some reason. Okay, and was traveling between kingdoms looking okay. for some sort of asylum or something. Okay, so he goes to Delphi. He's going back to the, the 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 temple of Apollo. Okay. Um, and he hears he's he's assigned the blind prophet Tiresias. He's assigned, basically. Like you're basically okay. And you're sort of assi- not, you're like assigned a prophet, but I guess when you go there, they're like, "Well, we have LeBron. here's Tiresias." <laughs> I don't know. Might see that documentary Bing. of the brothel in Nevada. <laughs> have you seen that no. one? Well, you go, like, it's a documentary about one of the legal brothels in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Bunny Ranch, I want to say, is what okay. it's called. And you, like, walk in, and there's a whole load of women, and you're like, they're like, which one would you like? Oh, my. I can just imagine going into, like, the Delphi Oracle thing and being like, <laughs> would you like the blind I'll one? I'll take the blind one. <laughs> I'll take the blind one. Uh, this was something interesting that I learned, was that bl- being blind has a lot of, that, it comes up all the time in Greek narrative, like, uh, Ulysses blinds the Cyclop. Yeah. Ulysses, not Ulysses. It's the Odyssey. Ulysses. Ulysses, Ulysses S. Grant. Ulysses S. Grant. Blinded. Bl- blinds the Cyclops. Yeah. Um, the prophet is blind. It's occasional. It's seen as a as a divine gift as well as a divine punishment. Yes, because it can heighten. It does heighten it heightens your senses. senses yeah. So therefore it can heighten your oracleanness. Exactly. Picking the blind one seems like a very good call. Well and so done, he goes to he's, he's trying to figure out who killed his father because he doesn't know yet at this point that he murdered his father. Even though he got told he killed was going to kill his father, he yeah. doesn't really. Okay. This is the insight thing again. Okay. Um, and Thyresis says, "You yourself are the criminal." Okay. And Oedipus goes, uh, "No, I'm not. I don't even know who my real dad is, idiot. Like it can't it can't have been me. It can't have been me. <laughs> it can't have been me." And so and so they get into an argument. At which point Oedipus makes fun of Thyresis for being blind, and Thyresis he sounds like a swell guy. And so Thi- Thyresis storms out and says, "If the murderer shall be discovered, he will be a native citizen of Thebes, brother and father to his own children, and son and husband to his own mother." And so Oedipus thinks back a bit and goes, well, I've only killed one person in my entire life. Oh, dang, maybe that old man that I killed was my real okay. dad. And so Jocasta at this point has figured out what's going on. His his wife mom okay. has figured out what's going on, and she's, like, freaking out because... like She's at, married to her son. Her son, and he has murdered her ex-husband's father. Not to sound whatever... But in Greece, weren't they all just going around slightly murdered? I mean, that wasn't like... It wasn't uncommon, but the gods were not happy with it. I guess <laughs> they just did it anyway. Okay. But I think it's sort of like, I wonder if it's that thing where someone does something bad, or something has something... 
someone has something bad happen to them. Right. And you can't think of an, an actual reason why this has happened. So you go, oh, he must have just had sex with his mom or something. Yeah. The pervert. I don't know. Greece was a weird time. Like, very, like, I feel like very sexually forward. Like, very sort of forward in some ways. But in some ways, they were also just totally backwards. Yeah, because they were super patriarchal. Yes. Yes, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, continuing on, um, Jocasta hangs herself because it was obviously her fault. God, a lot of women committing suicide uh, in this story. Y- yeah. Um, Oedipus is angry at his mother wife because, of course, he would it was be. her fault. And he's running around the palace telling his guards to find his mother and cut out her womb which seems like a totally apt punishment for something that was your fault. <laughs> no one's fault. <laughs> the oracle's fault for not yeah, the for, for not fault. for not being clear. Um and he finds her body mm-hmm. and he takes the gold pens that hold her dress together mm-hmm. and jams them into his eyes, blinding himself. Yeah, I knew that, but And this is again the moral of the story, the storal, the moral of the story, yeah, being that no man should be considered fortunate until he is dead. Because you that, don't know how it's gonna go. That's how you're. That's when things get weighed. That's when the the actions of your life get weighed against the entirety of your life. Because it's highly unlikely that once you're dead, anything else can happen to you. Anything else can happen <laughs> to you. It's sort of unless like, you're Rasputin. Who's the Who's the the Egyptian god who weighs your weighs your sins against your life? Is it I don't know. I'm just thinking of the Good Place, which I don't think you've mm-hmm. seen, but. The concept being that you get points throughout your life, and depending on where your points system is, you either end up in heaven or hell. I'm thinking of the episode of Supernatural where I think it's Ra. They end up in that barn in like the Midwest uh, somewhere, yeah. and he's yeah, yeah. weighing yep. Dean's sins against his yeah. life. I mean, Sam's being his lawyer because Sam didn't actually pass the bar no. or whatever, and it's all supposed to be very. Or go to law school. Or go to law school. Watch Supernatural, guys. <laughs> um. Right, yeah. What did I just talk about? That the yeah that the that you should only consider yourself fortunate once you once you have died. Cool. All right, I'll bear that in mind when I'm dead. Yes, uh, that's it's all very important. Um, and to be insightful when you go to speak to crazy old women with hoods and they're spinning gold thread, which is your fate. Or blind people. So this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna talk just a, generally. I'm gonna talk people. a little bit about sociology. A little bit, which we already sort of did at the end of the Rasputin episode. But it's going to end with a quote from one of these very intelligent gentlemen who did way more research about this. And I only skimmed their dissertations about this subject. Which brings us to the name of the company that's actually going to be hosting all of our podcasts. Because we've decided that we got quite a lot going on and bring it under one banner. Oh, yeah. We're going to call it The Gist. Which is The Gist. Because, you know. Why not? You're going to get the gist of what's going on in these episodes. Yeah, basically. And like I... uh, yeah, like I said in the Rasputin episode, the idea of, and this is all stuff I'm taking directly from Struck, I just, I happen to think that it's a very, think, okay. it's a good thing to keep in mind when you study antiquity and you study culture and antiquity is that. Or listen to us yes, talk about stuff. Is that when you use the philosophical terms rationality and irrationality, it immediately paints a bias mm-hmm. on, on ancient cultures because obviously they weren't living the same lives we were. They didn't have the same rules or the same beliefs. And and even like a a, a mildly similar, yeah, a mildly similar way. So Absolutely. When, and so when you when you say that something is irrational, you're painting it by our lens. Unless I say you're irrational. Yes, which I am. 
When you're being irrational, I mean it. You're actually I'm being irrational. Highly irrational. It's the, he believes that these are these definitions are too blunt. God, he believes that these these definitions are too blunt and says our ability to know exceeds our capacity to understand that ability. Sometimes people do just know things. He said. The messages we receive from the world around us add up, sometimes in uncanny ways. This is like deja vu. Yeah. This is yeah, like yeah. why sometimes you just know. My mother on Saturday morning said, has anyone checked the gas bottles that feed our cooker? And Sure enough, they were empty. Sure enough, literally Saturday evening, they ran out. Yeah. It, it, people, you do occasionally just have an intuition. Yeah. And Oh, I totally believe in intuition. They, they, the Greeks never would have been able to explain that in a way that made sense. So they, like we talk about yeah. a lot on this podcast, they they just framed it in the way that they were thinking. Yeah. So my, my final quote from Strzok says that the Greeks and oracles, the Greeks and oracles, <laughs> that the Greeks and the Romans yep. use oracles and divination as a way to explain how people know things without going through the logical steps through knowledge to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. That theology is not the cause yeah. of div- of believing divination is a way to talk to your gods, but rather the authoritative local language that we f- we okay. frame things in in what we know, and yeah. that's how we explain the way the world works around us. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So this is this is the episode that basically defines our entire podcast because that's how we f- try yes. to frame all of our episodes. Yeah, we do. We try and frame them in context of where we are now, the knowledge that we have, while not being rude about the people that believe something different or right. believe something different. Yes, because it, it's interesting in its own way. And it a, is, and absolutely. A, and a lot of those stories and morals, I think, have, like, they have, like, they have a place in, in, our, in our... I just, I mean, it doesn't have to be ancient stuff. So, weirdly, we've already talked about this old house that we're restoring right now. There's one of the major things that we're doing is working on pulling out a lot of work that was done in the 1970s because, and and this was by no fault of the person who owned it in the 1970s, mm. they genuinely believed that there was stuff that he did that would be helpful to the building. Yeah. Now, 50 years later, what we've realized is those things like making it waterproof by putting on a layer of concrete or painting it with latex paint because that repels water actually long-term do a lot more damage to the building. Mm. Now, that wasn't meant as a... In the 70s, that was not done in a deliberate... No. It was done with the highest level of scientific understanding that they had 50 years ago. Exactly. And in 2020, we're doing it with the highest level of understanding that we have now, which, interestingly, is the same level of understanding that they had 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Yeah. And you have just framed Greek theology in, in, in the context of the history uh, of our house your old house yeah so no i think i think it's really valid and i don't think that there's any point being rude about what people will used to believe or still believe no and, it, and because it's, it could come around again and it, and it is important to understand that if if in future we use a term like irrationality or rationality when talking about something in antiquity it's in relation to how they were yeah. thinking let's be clear i don't think i've ever wor- used the word irrationality in this podcast no I might have done. Yeah, but you're more intellectual than me. I got a massive brain. It's he taking has, up the it's in taking up the entire dungeon. He has books and things. I own books and I read books. He reads books for fun. <laughs> Occasionally. 
Um, no. So, okay, cool. Well, that's really exciting. Do you know what you're doing next week? No. I know what I'm, I'm gonna, doing. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop I'm gonna stop saying it because it just makes me not want to do it. Really? Yeah. I, if I say it on the podcast, I'm a lot less likely to do it. I'm going to do human combustion. Oh, yeah. I was going to do ESP or telekinesis. Actually, those might be really interesting. So, I'll... Do telekinesis. We're really, we really stick to the stuff we stay here. Like, yeah, and we also, we don't change our minds no, within seconds. We also really know ourselves and our brains. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, all right. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to do, I think, human combustion. Yeah, something a bit, um, what, what's the word? Like brain, brain, not brain. It's a bit, something a bit brainy. Biological. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. I might also, you might also find a, an episode dropping in. About the past. About the past. Yeah. Because cool. I think you'd find that interesting. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out. We're going to have to plug stuff. That's how the oh, end of this yeah. podcast goes. Yeah. Uh, go to the, uh, follow our Instagram at the Legendary Tales Pod on Instagram. DM us. Yeah, we love it. DM us, comment, let us know if you want us to cover something specific. Someone's already really, done it once. Really disparage our political beliefs. Yes. Just abso- go for it. Absolutely crush us. Um. Yeah, and not that you're doing it, but go rate and review us. Yes, please. No go, one is. Yeah, go give us five stars or yeah. three stars. Oh, on. and we're on an Amazon Alexa now. Are we? Yeah, so if you ask Alexa to listen to our podcast. That's exciting. You can do that. Yeah, do that. Go scream at your Alexa to listen to the Legendary Tales podcast. Yeah, and tell your friends. Yes. And your grandma. And, and your, your dog. dog. And your teacher. <laughs> and your significant other, even if you're breaking up right now. Yeah, even if you're breaking up right now, tell them. Like, midway through the argument about who's taking what China. <laughs> like Because everyone it. who's breaking up right now is trying to decide who gets the china <laughs> just go tell them like listen you're gonna be really lonely without me you might want to go listen to this podcast while you take that dog while you take their dog <laughs> <laughs> tell them to listen to the legendary tales podcast later. um and spread the word because it's a lot of fun yeah and uh i'm gonna shamelessly plug 100 miles 100 holes yeah guys but- please 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 if you are listening to this and you didn't pick up the message at the beginning of the episode, next week Adam is walking Hadrian's Wall. Yep. Um, they're doing 100 miles along with my husband. They're going to walk 100 miles and play 100 holes of golf in the hopes of raising a lovely amount of money for Rowcroft Hospice and the Golf Foundation. Yes. If you want to know more about them, go check out the Swingdom on Instagram, on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, and YouTube and anywhere else there's videos and things like that, and you get to see, uh, you get to see Adam's pretty face. Yeah, and if you message us on Instagram, maybe I'll send you a sticker and a button. Oh, we do have stickers and buttons. Yeah, yeah. guys, if you share it, message us, whatever, let us know. Yeah, because we really, really appreciate it. Please go donate. Um, plug, plug, plug. All the plugs. All the plugs. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, we'll bye. see you next week. Bye. bye.